We ask for a chance is fair. Chance equal our strike. Chance to do or death. We should win. Let it be by the code. Faith and honor hell high. We should lose. Stand by the road. Cheers, the winners go by. Day by day. We get better and better. We can't beat Think of a better place to be than Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska on a college football Saturday. Now, this is college football. Trips to the near side. Kellogg gets a shotgun snap. Final play of the game. Ron waiting for the wideouts to get downfield. Launches the throw down toward the goal line. Going up. Ball tipped in the air. Yeah, caught. Touchdown. Jordan Westerkamp. Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest. Oh, baby. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness! What a scene in Lincoln, baby! Woo! Senior TJ O'Leary to snap it. Senior Jake West to put it down. Alexander to try to put the Huskers in front with a minute 50 left in the game. Ball right on the end. The snap is down. The kick is up. The kick is Get on there. its way. And the kick is good! Oh! Oh! It in there! 57 yards out! A school record to put the Huskers in front, 33-31. Martinez in trouble, reverses, trying to break contain. Martinez up the sideline, still running. Look at him, Taylor Martinez. What a run! He's got a lane. Martinez, wow! Taylor Martinez, touchdown Huskers! What an athlete! Here's Wiley's kick. Gets high. It holds up there. Rodgers takes the ball at the 30. He's hit and got away. Back up field to the 35, to the 40. He's to the 45. He's to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, to the 20, to the 10. He's all the way home. Holy moly. Man, woman, and child did that. Put him in the aisle. Johnny the Jet Rodgers just tore him loose from their shoes. Welcome back in. Hour number two of the program. Hawk Takes here on your Thursday. Sam Noll, Kelsey Bigelow, Trevor Dimster, and Caleb Zamora <clears throat> here for you today in the KHWK studios. Hour number one. Got our college football picks in. Picked all of the uh, <clears throat> championship game, conference championship games. And uh, as well, we talked a little Northeast Athletics in uh, segment number one as well. Talked a little bit about uh, the volleyball team and the women's basketball teams as well. But now it's on uh, to your guys' favorite hour, our favorite hour as well, the Husker Hour of Power. Nebraska coming off of a loss to Iowa. Uh, If they would have beat Iowa, they'd be bowl eligible right now, and we'd be talking about Uh, Nebraska getting into a bowl game. Instead, we're sitting here with another season where Nebraska does not make the postseason. Third year in a row. They lose 27-24 to Iowa on a game-winning field goal with one second left, same as last season. Boy, what 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 a way to end the year. Yeah, we could add that, I guess. It definitely wasn't the best way to end, especially because that's how we lost last year. So it's just, it puts a horrible taste in your mouth, except it's twice as worse. Yeah, Caleb uh, gave us his thoughts on the uh, sports show Tuesday, so 
Um, he said he didn't want to give his thoughts anymore, so... Yeah, it was more of a tone down from Tuesday, because I know we had that last time. Um, but, uh, we'll start, uh, I guess, Kelsey, what are your thoughts on, uh... Wow. This, uh, this wow. loss to Iowa. I'm saving you for last. I usually That's go fair. first. It's I know. fine. It's, it's fine. fine. We gotta change it up. Yeah, change. Wow. It's the last show Why of the year. change it up? Wait, it's okay, the last yeah. show of the year. I thought I'd change it up a little bit. Because something has to change, and I'm not just talking about the order. I'm talking about the quarterback situation. Wow. wow that was a good one, Trevor. It took you a while to come up with that one. <laughs> um, no, actually, I thought Nebraska played pretty well in this game. I mean, when it came down to it, I think the last possession for Nebraska is what kind of irritated me the most because we were playing for a tie at that point in the game, which, I mean, there's plenty of time on the clock. Try to make something happen with it, especially in the situation you're in. I mean, Nebraska has struggled all season. Uh, there was a bowl game on the line, but technically, in a sense, you didn't really have anything to lose at that point. So I think you got to try to make something happen, try to take down Iowa, and uh, instead we give it back to them with 32 seconds left on the clock, and they go down, score the game-winning field goal. So in my opinion, overall, yes, we played pretty well in this game. I think that there's a lot of uh, bright things ahead for this Husker team, but it is going to take a lot of off-season work. And... Uh, I don't really know what else to say about this game. Um, that's okay. I have I have stuff to talk about. All right, Caleb. No, I'm just joking. Our I was very very happy with our defense. The first three quarters, the la, you know Kelsey talked about it. The last drive where Iowa had it with 32 seconds left. I that's I've never been more disappointed in a defense than I was in the last 30 seconds of that game. They give up. That huge play, the huge 36-yard pass, I believe it was, that was called back and because he dropped it. And then they give up – it was uh, – I don't know. Some They were – both back-to-back plays were right up the middle, which put him in prime field position to kick that game-winning field goal. And, like, I understand it's a lot harder when you're playing in college ball and – it's a lot different playing in front of 80, 90,000 people. It, but you have one responsibility, and that's keep it in front of you. Don't let anyone behind you. Keep them inbounds and tackle them. And they, they let people go right up the middle on them. You know, those passes to the tight end and then to the wide receiver right down the middle, That just disappointing in the defense um, because they ultimately lost that game. The offense, on the other hand, the play call is horrible. We can't call 70 screens and expect something to happen because wide receiver screens, yeah, I get our wide receivers are great out in space. We don't want to call three of them on one drive when we only go three and out. I, I, I just think it's horrible play calling. And then the whole quarterback situation. Scott Frost was too devoted to Adrian Martinez, and he was just too proud. He was too full of pride to put in uh, Luke McCaffrey because McCaffrey came in and immediately threw a touchdown pass to J.D. Spielman. Where was he the rest of the night after that? I, I just think it's unacceptable with how Frost handled that whole situation. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Coach Scott Frost is a great coach um you know he's he has struggled in the past two years at nebraska but you look at his ucf he obviously 16 and or 13 and 0 whatever it was 
they 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 played great, but he was just too devoted to Adrian, and um, that's what lost him the game and bowl eligibility as well. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Nebraska once again loses 27-24. Uh, Caleb, I guess uh, you can take it away. Well, you guys made some very interesting points. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, I don't have too much issue with the screens. Now, running them 15 to 20 to 25 times, yeah, that probably isn't what you want. I say eight eight to nine times I think would be serviceable to me to run those screens in a game. Um, but if you watch those screens and you watch the football game, uh, our receivers slash tight ends don't block. And if they were able to block that one player, the screens could be a lot better and a lot more effective like like it was I think in the second half when Diedrich Mills you know really took advantage and so did JD really took advantage of those screens where you just weren't able to block that one player that was a key player to block um, but that's just on schemes and all that and our players just need to block better so I didn't have too much issue uh, with the screen especially because it's really really just one player that needs to do their job so uh, I'm not I guess too hard on that um, you know I've been high on Martinez the whole season I don't plan on stopping because I've always been high on Martinez but I've also had expectations and uh, that offensive performance against Iowa was pitiful it wasn't wasn't good at all you know having only 50 yards passing is really uh, it's not good it's really it's even worse than Mitchell Trubisky so you know when it when it comes down to it I do think they should have made a quarterback change in the fourth quarter uh, you know, going to McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey did play quarterback for the second, the last, uh, no, the last possession, the last possession when uh, when we played offense in the fourth quarter. Um, I I think it was really bad play calling there when McCaffrey had it because they literally ran the same exact play but to the other side. I think they should have ran something else uh, with with McCaffrey, whether that's an option or uh, you know an RPO. Um, I think that's what they should have ran because um, Iowa, they're too smart. They wouldn't have fell for that twice. So uh, for that play calling, it wasn't very good with McCaffrey. I do think <coughs> McCaffrey should have played the fourth quarter, should have taken out Martinez and played the fourth quarter for sure. Um, <coughs> so I guess that's what I got for that. And just overall, you know, the defense, in the second half they played a lot better. They played a lot better against Iowa. But like Trevor said, in that final drive with 32 seconds, you know what they're going to do. They're going to try and go deep, you know, and try and win the game. really isn't rocket science. And then and then you let them have a – and they even had a targeting call, call and they got it put back. So you, so you even had a, another chance to even, you know, hold them down. But our defense just isn't there yet. And, and the football IQ isn't there yet. I know Scott Frost, he'll get his guys and he'll – get those certain players, but um, not only do you need fast guys, strong guys, but you need guys with football IQ. Uh, that's one thing I know Nebraska has built it off of also is be smart. Know you're down in distance and know where the ball is, the time, the situation. Um, that's one thing we got to do a lot better of for players that have football IQ. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's basically all I have. And also the special teams is still dreadful. We can't let up another kickoff return. Protection on special teams, and a lot of people have said, is based off coaching. That's really coaching for special teams. And, um, again, line up another kickoff, return for a touchdown. When you had the momentum again, 
just it just kills a football team. So that's what I got, Sam. <clears throat> well, there's kill. I thought it was gonna be a little bit longer than that, but it wasn't kept it short. It was nice. Right. It, uh, Nebraska once again ends the season. They finish five and seven, three and six. Uh, in the Big Ten, 27-24 loss to Iowa. I agree with all you guys as well. Um, definitely, I mean, you look at it, uh, he comes in, I mean, Luke McCaffrey comes in, throws a touchdown, and then you look at the fourth quarter, Nebraska punts it away three times, and uh, punts it away actually uh, four times, uh, now that I'm looking at it, but uh, they gain eight yards on one drive, nine yards on the other, lost seven yards, and then gained nine yards on the other one as well I mean so obviously in the fourth quarter play calling wasn't the best um and really in the fourth quarter we only had the ball for a minute at a time as well but you look over at the Iowa side they had the ball for four minutes at one point so that 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 really adds up down the stretch especially and in the fourth quarter in a tie game that's when you need to score Obviously, that's what every football fan knows. Um, but if you punt it away four times, and especially with 32 seconds left, and you're giving the football, I thought the defense played tremendous in the, in the second half up I, until that yeah, final drive. Yeah, I would have to agree. It yeah, looked Sam, they because, they looked uh, the best they had all season. The crowd finally was vibing off the team. It wasn't the team vibing off the crowd, and it was, I mean it was absolutely nuts there for a little bit when they sacked Nate Stanley once. Um, got a couple of big stops via the run game as well. I mean, they really shut down the run game kind of down the stretch, forced Nate Stanley to kind of go out of the pocket as well. Everyone was just flying all over, um, and they did a really good job. But that final drive, you know, you know they're going to try to go down and score. Obviously, they're not just going to play for overtime like we did, which I still don't understand um, how that happened. We did have that block in the back call. Um, that was the only reason that I thought Scott Frost was playing for overtime because we lost a good chunk of yards, uh, right there. We lost about 15. uh, We got the first down and then we lost 15 yards afterwards. So we got a new set of downs there, but it was just like, why are we playing? Like why, you know, Mac Waldock made a 41 yard field goal. It's like, get him in range, dude. And let's go. Like, you know, like, what are you going to miss? It's tied at that that point. You go into overtime. But, and so I guess that was, that my whole big thing was how can the defense, when they need to get one stop, they can't get one stop. It's like, how have you been stopping Iowa this whole entire time? And you can't get one stop, obviously. And especially when you know that they're going to go for a pass and it almost seemed like Nebraska was, you know, kind of on the back of their heels and just letting them get down there. And then it's like, well, you let them get into field goal range. Like there's nothing else you can do now except hope that they missed the field goal so to me it really came down obviously you can blame it on a lot of things um adrian martinez obviously had one of the worst games he's had in his career he went 10 for 18 50 yards through a pick was sacked twice um and uh, obtained 63 rushing yards uh but he lost 19 of them for a net of 44 didn't have a touchdown that way i mean it's just I don't know. To me, that was the big thing. Obviously, you're looking into the fourth quarter. You just got a big spark from Luke McCaffrey throwing a tremendous pass. I mean, if you go back and you look at that, he's on the run, threw it essentially off of his back foot, and it had to be placed perfectly to J.D. Spielman in the end zone. 
you know, that had to be placed perfectly to where you let him into the corner of the end zone, kept it away from Iowa. It's also kind of a trick play. So if it got busted open, you had to react pretty quickly. And Luke McCaffrey did the right thing. But it's like, you know, give him one more drive. See what happens. Obviously, if nothing happened, because I feel like Scott's got a little bit more leeway with Luke just because Iowa, yeah, they'd seen Luke maybe for two, three drives, but they really didn't know. And the playbook was wide open. I mean, you listen to Scott Frost in the pregame show. He says, we're going to throw everything we have in our playbook at them. And that's why they threw that Luke McCaffrey play in there. But it's like, give him a couple more drives. Maybe he could lead something down the field, especially with the way Luke can run with the football as well. I think Adrian just wasn't having a good day running the football. Just wasn't having a good day all the way around. So you put Luke Luke in there. He throws a touchdown pass. And I'm not saying... You know, I harped on Adrian pretty hard there for a little bit, especially when Noah Vedrill came in and played pretty good as well. Um, But it's like Adrian just wasn't having his day, and that's where I think the whole Scott Frost mentality of Adrian's my guy, he's the first guy I really recruited, he's the guy I got here, uh, just needs to kind of go away. I mean, you got to play to win the game. You can't play to just play for next year, and that's what I felt like happened there down the stretch as well. And, you know, to be honest, that the defense, in the especially in the fourth quarter, you know, going back to how bad the offense was, the defense did give the offense two opportunities in that fourth quarter yeah. when the crowd was really riling the fourth quarter. You had all the momentum in the fourth quarter when we tied up 24-24. Um, yeah, they the picked up a fumble. Just, they picked up yeah, a fumble. The offense yeah. just could not get it done. The offensive line um didn't really do well either i thought you know when, when we played wisconsin i thought they were going to be that type of offensive line you know going against wisconsin i thought we were gonna do that to iowa but our offensive line didn't have a good day either uh, Dedrick mills again played we have to give him more touches i th- i just think Dedrick mills when when wandell he didn't play a lot of snaps but and wandell um, was hurt he yeah. was probably 40 percent at best is what they were saying on the radio i guess when i was listening you could tell when he was out there it was not the Wandell we were used to seeing. No. I mean, he did get 14 yards in the end, but like you were saying, uh, Dedrick Mills, once again, 24 for 102, didn't have a touchdown, but he averaged 3.9 per carry. I mean, what else do you want the guy to do? Um, he played a pretty good football game as well. The last three weeks, um, he's been a and, workhorse yeah. for his team. And he, Especially yeah, with Wandell out, yeah, he's, really had, he's had to step to, up. Yeah. And he kind of revolutionized himself as well. I mean, he kind of got put in there and really didn't know what was going on, and kind of got thrown at the Wolves right away, especially with Wandell coming up. I thought Wandell came up a little bit slower than he did as well, so it was kind of like, Diedrich, you're my man right now until Wandell gets better, and then Jacob was like, well, I got everything figured out, so let's just go, and he did a really good job stepping up, and he played pretty big as well, um, but to me, I guess I thought the I thought the big thing was this whole season is that um, this Nebraska team just finds ways to shoot themselves in the foot and lose a football game as well. I mean, you get a pick six. Not too many times in football do you get a pick six, get a lot of momentum, arch rival at home. I mean, what else do you want? And especially to go to a bowl game and then you give up a punt, re- uh, you give up a kick return touchdown. I mean, it's play. like, and and I know I can't say anything, I'm sure, you know, but it's like, why are we... I don't know what really happened in that in that situation, but that's twice now we've been up kick return touchdowns. It's like if we know that they got speedsters, why are we kicking it to them? Why is yeah, we even directionally kicked it to him? Yeah, and why? And you could tell. And you look at JD. Uh, it was Cam Taylor was the last guy to get there, and Cam just like let him run. 
for a little bit. And it was like, dude, you got to go out and get him. And then he finally hustled up and it was too late. And obviously that guy had the reputation of being able to score a touchdown via the kick or punt return. So it's like, why are we kicking it to him in the first place? Number two, there's got to be something wrong either with the special teams coordinator. Because I thought every once in a while the special teams played really good. I mean, you look at some of the guys that are on that special team squad, kick return and punt return, they made some big plays, especially um, in the Northern Illinois game. You know, they came up pretty big as well. And I thought against Maryland, they played pretty well as well. Kind of tackled them right away. But it's like when you get a touchdown, you get all the momentum on your side and you give up a touchdown, it fizzles out pretty quick. And, and we saw it there in the first half. Yeah, I think you could say that about every aspect of this team. I mean, they've each had their own sparks of greatness throughout the season, but it seems like they just can't all put it together in one full game. I mean, they have played good a couple games all together, but not very many and not completely as a team do they uh, finish a full four-quarter game, it seems like. Yeah, and this was another game as well that we only saw Jack Stoll get three receptions for one yard. And I think and I think looking ahead towards the future, the tight end yards have to have to go up. I mean, last year they almost had, I think I saw six hundred tight end yards, and this year it was down to four hundred. And we keep trying to run that tight end screen and it hasn't worked yet. And that's the only yard he got was to from me, that tight end screen. To me, we're not utilizing the tight ends the right way. Um, last year we did. So I don't know what really you know, this year. I don't know what changed it. in um, Scott Frost's mind. Me, is guess what I was saying year, as well. Because you it's have nineteen ninety Frost. Because you have some really good tight ends. We have a really good tight end group. Next year, they're all going to be seniors. Three of them will be seniors. You know, in Stoll, uh, Allen, and uh, Raffidel. Those three tight ends. Those are some really good tight ends, especially Austin Allen. Six foot eight, right? Six. I foot think eight. Allen's a junior. Six, he redshirted his first yeah, year, so he's a junior. Six, six foot seven. Gonna six on a red zone play. Throw him the ball. Just throw it up to him. He's a he's a gamer as well. You look at Allen. He plays on every every special team as well. Andy and he plays offense. Just prime opportunities to score. Uh, We're just not utilizing them. And Scott Frost, as he is a good coach, but he's also a young coach, and he's also still learning the Big Ten. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm still gonna give him time to really you know realize what's going on. But I do think there needs to be a change in the coaching staff as well. I think I think I mean I I like uh coach Annalee as our as our defensive coordinator. I thought he did a really good job at certain points in the season. But it's like when it comes down to it and you look at it it's like did you get the job done in this situation? You could check no a couple of times in that box and especially against Iowa, I thought it was a it was a big no and um I thought I thought against Ohio State, obviously Ohio State is a good team, but I felt like we were not ready at all on the defensive side of the football for what Ohio State was bringing with J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields and the way their offensive line worked together as well. You could just tell that we were kind of out in space, didn't really know what was going on, but there was flashes with this defense where it was like, man, this defense could be pretty good, especially with the Davis brothers. Colin Miller played really well. You got Cam Taylor in the back. Lamar Jackson, who made the Shrine Bowl, uh, projected number one overall, number one pick, not number one overall pick. But um, I think you got to really look at the defensive side of the things as well. I know Coach and Scott Frost, he's going to get the play calling down. I know he is. Um, and the screen game worked for him at, at UCF. I mean, but it's two different styles of football. Um, obviously, in the Big Ten, guys are more heavily recruited. I mean, 
in any aspect of Division One athletics, the there's dudes on either side of the ball or, or the court or whatever you play. Um, but I don't know if he – I mean, there's just something there that's just kind of lacking right now on the offensive side of the football, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we'll figure out going next year. I think he needs more of his guys and also get more bigger guys up front. Um, which I know we are. We're being recruiting, and we've got some JUCOs because I think he realizes that we he does want to win now and getting those JUCO JUCO guys. So um, I, I I am looking forward to next year just because I know we'll be a lot better. Uh, but I think we need to our football IQ needs to go up a little bit more. Yeah, game management I thought as well. Even from the coaching staff as well, I thought just kind of went out the window. And this one, I mean, obviously you could tell Scott Frost was playing to tie uh, right there. But, and I, I I mean, they got that penalty, and I think he just was kind of like, all right, let's just get this thing to overtime. Let's nurse it to overtime. But you could tell Adrian Martinez really didn't understand that. And especially when you run out of bounds, like stay in bounds, take the slide, and then take your time getting into a huddle, you know, let the play clock run out. And um, I think the whole IQ of, you know, the quarterback on the other side, you give him enough time to drive down the field, obviously he's going to take advantage of it. I mean, you see it in the NFL all the time, and it's probably a bad comparison, but Drew Brees, he gets 10 seconds. He's going to use all 10 of those seconds. There's, It's not like he's just going to give up and say there's 10 seconds, especially Nate Stanley, one of the best quarterbacks in Iowa football history. You know he's going to use all 32 seconds that he gets. Especially in a rivalry game yeah. against Nebraska. I mean, it's coming down to the wire. You beat him last year on a last-second field goal. You're going to try to do it again. And especially when you don't yeah. put up any points in the third or fourth quarter. And it's like, and that's where I thought it's like you don't allow him to have any points basically in a half. And basically 15 minutes, I mean 14 minutes and 59 seconds of football. You didn't allow him to, to score at all. They're in the fourth quarter, and then you just basically give up on the defensive side of the end is what I thought. I don't know what defense they were calling, if they were not looking for the pass or what, but it just seemed like nothing was really on, on key as it was when before that as well, I thought. Yeah, and going back to moving into next season, I think it's going to be nice to have guys. I think it's going to be crucial to have guys that are going to be bought in. I mean, we talked about it time and time again this season. But everybody has to be bought into this program or it's not going to work. I mean, you can say that about any athletic organization. And I think we saw the struggles of that this season. I mean, guys not giving it their all. Uh, the intensity level being low at it, uh, quite a few different times throughout the season. So I think guys buying in this upcoming year is going to be the difference. Um, I remember at the beginning of the season, you know, on our first sports show where we talked about Husker football, um, Everyone was talking about the goals for this team. And, you know, this can be seen as a bright spot for this year. We won more than four games. That was my number one goal. And that, and that truth, truthfully, it was a successful year. We won five games. That's more than we have in the past two years. So if you want to take anything away from this season, it's, we, got more, we got more than four wins. Yeah, and you know to go on that, and not saying I mean that's a good that's a good way of looking at it as well. Yeah, that that, that question that that question was posed uh, to Ben Steely after the game, and uh, they basically said the same thing you did. You know, Ben, you, you guys have won four games the past two years. You win five this year. There's a lot of things that you improved on compared to last year. 
Um, but I guess what are, what are your thoughts on that? And he goes, are we are we talking about playing for the Big Ten championship game? Are we talking about playing for a bowl game? Are we talking about a bowl game? And he goes, yeah, we may have improved in the win column, but there's a lot of stuff that I think behind the scenes they didn't improve on. And like Kelsey was saying, I think getting everyone bought in is another thing. I think finding good leaders in the locker room, I think that's still, I mean, w- with those good leaders, I think comes the um, just some of that game management stuff and some of that uh, just knowing what to do in the right situations and some of that stuff as well. Um, that, that comes with having good leaders in the locker room. I felt like they didn't really have that this year. Mike Riley's guys are slowly but surely getting out of there. And those seniors, did they? I mean, they invested. They had it. They get. They went through a, a, a tough time um, having to switch coaches. I'm sure that's not. I mean, that's hard, especially when you get recruited by one. Another one comes in. You don't really know if your spot's still available and stuff like that. But um, they're not where we want Husker football to be. We want it to go this way, especially uh, now. This is going to give them a basically a full year to get in the weight room build up but I think the thing that's going to help us next year I mean you look at it we return a lot of good running backs as well Mm -hmm. and I said this on the sports show on Tuesday but we return 2,141 of the 2,439 yards we gained via the rush this year which is pretty crazy compared to every other college football team um, that that they're going to lose a lot but you return Dedrick Mills you return Wandale Robinson uh, you got Brody Belt coming back Jalen Bradley Ramir Johnson all coming back as well so uh, a lot of that the tight ends coming back our offensive line is going to be older um there's going to be some holes on the defensive side but I think just seeing some of the other defense guys plays I think they'll be able to fill it and especially I think there's probably going to be some turnover on the defensive side of the football via the coaching staff as well yeah, going into next spring, you know, <clears throat> there does need to be a quarterback competition. I think there will be. I think Scott Frost, you know, th- there will be a quarterback competition. Uh, you know, going to spring game, it'll be between really, between three guys. I th- I, to me, it's only two. Uh, I do like Vedral, but to me, he's not even in the conversation. To me, it's between Martinez and McCaffrey. Um, I wouldn't give the, the cap to anyone yet. Now, McCaffrey has looked really good, but – I'm not going so far yet. I just want to see, you know, in the spring game, how both of them react because they, cause they know there will be, a, you know, a quarterback controversy, a quarterback whatever. I think that will be good for um, both of them. I think it will be It'll good be for, good for Adrian, it's good, I think. It's going to be good for competition level, and that's when I think Adrian could raise the bar, and that's when I think Adrian could beat Luke, but we'll see. It's going to be really – it's going to be really fun. And we've been saying that about, and I don't, I mean, Adrian is a good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but we've been saying that about him all year. I mean, we saw Noah play pretty good. We saw Luke play pretty good, and it's like, all right, Adrian's going to finally step up. He's going to see his job's probably in jeopardy. But it just seems like it just wasn't all there. I mean, he played really good uh, against Wisconsin. He played really good against Maryland, but he just didn't show up in the, in, in the Iowa game, and that's just something that was kind of his crutch, kind of the thing that, uh, just kind of affected him all all year long, and uh, hopefully he's able to figure that out over the off season. Um, maybe kind of technically uh, go through what went wrong with his mechanics or uh, his mindset or something of that nature. But it seemed like Luke and Noah had the had the right mindset. They knew what was going on, and Adrian um, just didn't seem like his normal self from last year. And uh, I hate being that person that compares uh, a player to last year because you're never as good as the year that you just put up. Um, obviously you're either better or you're worse 
from that, obviously, and we saw that this year. But I think it'll be a good quarterback competition. There's a lot of spots that are open up. I think the running back position is going to see a lot of uh, a lot of competition as well. I mean, uh, Ramir Johnson, he's wanting to get into the game as well. There's a couple other good uh, transfers coming in. Um, a, a lot of, of yeah, uh, uh, and Topkins as well. Uh, coming in so I mean there's a lot of guys that are coming in and, and wanting to compete as well so the spring from now until spring and basically when we play Purdue next year a lot of spots are going to be up for grabs and I think that's what Scott Frost likes is that no spot is going to be I mean from this team no spots is, is going to be covered I think yeah and I think a big part of it Caleb's touched on it a few times but the football IQ is going to be a big part of that competition I mean all the guys are going to get bigger stronger faster during the offseason I mean they're going to hit the weight room and all of that but I think it's going to come down to who plays smarter who knows the playbook better who can do the mental uh, aspects of the game better, and, and I think that's going to be a big part. And I think Scott Frost is going to look at heart as well. I mean, he put in some of them second-teamers sometimes, and it just seemed like they just had a little more heart than the other guys did. Now, that that does take away, you know, some of the guys, some of Mike Riley's guys moving away, um, but I think Scott's going to really going to look at who's my leaders in the locker room. Who do I want on the football field as my field general when the time comes when it's 24-24 in Iowa next year? Um, when it's tied 24-24 and we need a big defensive stop or we need to score a touchdown, who do I want on the football field? So that's really what I think he's got to look at. I think he's got to look at maybe some changes in the coaching staff um, or maybe just changing some stuff up with the the scheme that he wants to put together. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, over the offseason as well. But and it should be a good offseason. But once again, on the up and up, they're still a, a million miles away um, in, in some sort of things, but we're pretty dang close. And I think this is going to be the last year where we sit here and we talk about a Husker team that's went below 500 is, is what I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean – to me, when I put it into perspective, this is really Scott Frost's first year like completely under under the Nebraska way, and I think it's going to take time. We've said it. Everybody in Nebraska has said it. I mean, it's just a fact of the game. I think it's going to take time. He's going to get all of his guys in here. Everybody's going to believe in the system, and I think in the future, Nebraska is definitely going to be a team to reckon with. Well, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more college football. We'll talk about uh, the college football playoff rankings as well and how they might shake up uh, with a couple of uh, uh, wins or losses. We'll also talk about uh, Auburn defeating Alabama 48-45 and how that was pretty crazy as well. And then the crazy finish to the Ole Miss uh, Mississippi State game in the Egg Bowl and then uh, Ohio State blowing out Michigan is again. That's all stuff we're going to talk about coming up here in just a little bit where we're going to take a quick break here on Hot Take. Welcome back in. Hour number two of the program. About ready to finish up here in just a little bit. Sam Noel, Kelsey Bigelow, Trevor Dempster, and Caleb Zamora alongside you. Just got done uh, giving our thoughts about the Husker loss 27-24 to Iowa. The Husker season uh, comes a little bit shorter than we would have liked it uh, here in the state of Nebraska, but... Uh, the keys to success are all right there. Next season will definitely be better than this one and the past few as well. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on next season. But uh, a lot did happen last week besides Nebraska losing by a game winner. Uh, Old Miss, uh, Mississippi State, did you guys, I guess, Caleb, I know Caleb watched the end of it, but did you guys get to watch the end of that? Of Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I caught yeah. the highlight of it. Did you, caught, did you catch the highlight of it? So um, basically Ole Miss, Ole Miss scored a touchdown. To make it 21 to 20 with nine seconds left, 
And uh, after the TD, Elijah Moore did a celebration, um, and basically, uh, oh, when yes, when he was like did see it peeing, you know, yeah, peeing dog, yeah, you know, peeing dog, hydrant, you know, he peed on their field. It's really and really good uh, so they got <laughs> they got flagged they got flagged for that, moved them back, back, and, and, and they missed point. the extra point, so they lost twenty one to twenty. But I guess that that was probably the the one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty great. Besides three technical fouls. Yeah. I thought <laughs> that was something else for Elijah Moore. He's not going to live that one down by his coaches or by any of his teammates because uh, re- he really cost him, could have made a bowl game. So uh, I don't know yeah. if he uh, – did he think the game was over maybe or something like no, that, and that's why he, he peed on the field? Yeah, no, he that's did to celebrate yeah. because uh, he, thought that they were he gonna... wasn't very smart. He was acting He smart. wasn't thinking about the penalty yeah. that was no. going to occur from it. And still well, and I'm sure he was probably really, thinking, yeah, oh, 35-yarder will be able to make it. And then they missed it. But. Yeah, you can never yeah, take his kickers. He still should have made that, but yeah. I mean, kickers. You just never know it nowadays. But these kickers, you never know. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But, uh, right in front of the ref. <laughs> yeah, that was, it's just. It. Was, I thought it was dumb as well. I mean, he basically gave the game away. When I mean, you look at it, that that's a win that they could have in the win column, and instead they don't. Yeah. Especially beating a, a, an arch rival as and well. Then they could want to a bowl. And game. what's the point of like? Doing the celebration of the peeing dog, like, uh, I think he did. You know, because it's, it's on their field. Oh, and they're, and they're the dogs. Rivals. Yeah, and they're yeah. the they're the. So it was very the well thought out celebration, but you know, not it will cost you. Wrong, the wrong time of the should, game. Should have done it after they yeah. Made the extra yeah, point. I think yeah. maybe you should have done it on the sideline or something. Yeah. Pee on the do the peeing dog. Yeah, not on the or after you win the that game, would be good you know, that well, that I would mean, be. He got suspended from the bowl game, but you know that. Hey. Whatever. Suspension rules, bowl game a bowl with game. A, a baller celebration. I'll take it. So did o- Ole Miss made a bowl game still, didn't they? Or they're they out now. Seven. So if they would have won that yeah, game, so it's really seven. on him that they didn't make a bowl game. Well, yeah, kind of, I mean, not really. You but, know, previously in the game, you know, they could have done some things yeah. a little bit better. But yes, this really in really, the moment. In the if moment, you think yeah, about that it. killed it. That yeah. killed it. Um, but uh, the guy. the other big news: Auburn defeats Alabama forty-eight. So 45, in one of the craziest games I think Auburn and Alabama have had in a while mm, since, since the, the kick, kick six. six. Obviously, yeah. that was pretty crazy. But it wasn't as high scoring in the kick six as this was. This was 48-45, a grudge match. Who can score the most points? I mean, who can score you know more times than the other one? Obviously, that's like what football is, but... You know, it was going to take There's over no, forty. It no was going to take over forty yeah. over forty points to win. Did you see that um, one the crazy game. stat where Alabama was like one hundred and thirteen and zero when they scored like forty five plus points? Yeah, and uh, since two thousand, what was it? Since two thousand and seven, they've <laughs> they missed, missed like a hundred and one field goals. We missed since two thousand ten, I think, is when it was, and we've missed fifty five. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, since 2010, yeah. we've missed 55 field goals. I think um, it's hilarious. And I you do that. You do the math on that. That's like three or four missed field goals a year, and over that time, Nebraska's like missed maybe one, mm. one, one or two a year, which is that's that's pretty crazy, honestly. Like if you think about this it. Year, but. Yeah. Say minus this year. <laughs> minus this year, but. Yeah, you know it's gonna be we nice, a kicker. you know, because a Juco we'll see someone new in the playoffs for a change. We'll, yeah, we'll, that's we'll, why we'll, I love it. And we'll get to that later, but it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of nice seeing Alabama suffering like the rest of us. Has it? I guess. Um, it's their lowest what? ranking since. And like, I don't I don't know if it, I mean did you watch? I mean they they were allowed to get one second left at the end of the second half, mm-hmm. and Saban I think about blue. 
a, a gasket. Yeah, I but, didn't see him yelling but quite a bit. did you see? Uh, yeah. But they he basically ran it. He didn't get out of bounds. They had one second. They came back and they said they had one second left. So they kicked a field goal into the halftime. It was it was tied at halftime. Yeah, tied. tied at halftime. And so essentially that field goal basically won them the game. I mean, if you really think about it, you take those three points off the board, everything stays the same. They lose by three points. So um, I don't know. I guess that was the other big thing I was thinking about as well. When you see the final score of just three points, they don't get that field goal. Game's tied right now. They don't get that field goal at the end of the half. So that was kind of controversial. Um, But I think a a lot of stuff about the Alabama team this year was just a little different. LSU finally had their number. It was just one of those years that Alabama wasn't as good. Um, I thought Alabama was going to win the national championship hands down just because we've seen Alabama teams lose a national championship and and especially getting embarrassed. They come back and they're just too good for anybody the next year and that obviously wasn't the case this year um I think um I don't want to say the shoe uh I I think the dynasty isn't over yet obviously Alabama is always going to be good just because of their recruits Nick Saban is one hell of a coach as well um knows how to motivate his guys and he's a really good down-to-earth guy as well um I think inside the locker room outside the locker room he's tough because that's the persona he wants to put on about his team. And I don't think the dynasty is anywhere over, but I think teams are finally, and that's why I like to see, you know, Justin Fields transferred away, maybe to get a chance at it. Jalen Hurts, tra- we're seeing a lot of team, you know, we're seeing a lot of kids go other places big to try to beat the Alabama or the Clemson now. You can kind of consider them in the, in that mix as well of, of the college football universe. Yeah, to me right now, um, the dynasty isn't over. I will give you. I think they'll make the playoffs next year and destroy everyone. But um, I think teams have kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. They've caught up. People, teams aren't really no longer afraid of Alabama like just like they used to. Uh, I think they're more like okay, bring it on. They're more like that instead of oh god, we're playing Bama. And to me, you know what Nick Saban, I guess what's kind of his biggest thing um, is that transfer portal. Um, to me, that's kind of his biggest enemy right now is that transfer portal and really good players kind of going to certain other Especially teams. Especially in teams and players from his Alabama teams yeah. going yeah, to other getting. places because they're not getting to play. That's the one thing that, that sucks about being the best team to go play for. You're getting all these number one guys, the best recruiting classes, but and them. but you can't play them all. Yeah, you, you, can, you, can only play, you can only play 22 guys. To me, I guess what Alabama needs to get back to because that defense was pitiful. This season, I don't know why. Um, they need to go back to the, kind of the old Alabama, which is that really tough defense. And when they've won national championships, they, they've never had a great quarterback. They've had a really good running Except game AJ, AJ and McCurry. a really good, and really good uh, offensive line, a really good defensive line. I think that's what they need to get back to. Yes, that really good quarterback is nice, but uh, they really need, need, need to get back to looking at that defense and just figuring them out. Yeah, but I like your point because they've won uh, national championships, and you look at the team and you go, who was the quarterback for the national championship this year? And because the year they had Derrick Henry, I think it was Ben Coker was his name, and it's like, who's Ben Coker? Like, is he even in the National Football League anymore? A.J. McCarron's really been the only top-name quarterback that they've had, besides Tua, besides Jalen Hurts, obviously. Um that has led him and won. I mean, A.J. McCarron, obviously one of the winningest quarterbacks in Alabama history, won two national championships with him, um, and he really played. He was a really good player, but he had, he had a lot of good pieces around him as well. 
Um, but it'll it'll be interesting to see. No way near is the Alabama reign of them being number one in the country all the time over. Um, obviously, they're going to have another good recruiting class. They'll probably be ranked number one when the rankings come out next year, um, unless something drastic happens, because a lot of these teams that are up here right now are losing a lot. Um, so I feel Alabama's going to jump everybody and uh, just make their way back up there. But let's move on. Kind of more into some Big Ten football. Michigan gets blown out by Ohio State again. Jim Harbaugh is now 0-5 against Ohio State in his career as a uh, Michigan uh, Wolverine coach. Is the reign of Jim Harbaugh and the khakis done at Michigan? Um, no, not yet, but I think Michigan fans are getting antsy, uh, pretty antsy. Um, I think next year will really be his hot seat year. You, know, you better do this. You better win like 10 games. You better beat Ohio State You know, because Harbaugh's had plenty of time. And against a first-year coach in Ryan Day, who's done a tremendous job, uh, but losing this big against a rival isn't really acceptable. And that's why I think fans are fans for Michigan are getting antsy because why are we losing this big? Because um, because Michigan has more five-star, four-star recruits than than the Buckeyes do. Because I've I've looked it up and Michigan has w- way more talent, but it's their coaching staff and the way they produce them and uh, I guess to Ohio State they're just not there yet uh, for five years in a row or not five like eight nine years in a row you're still not able to beat your biggest rival and that can be really frustrating but uh, to me it's more of a coaching thing than a talent thing to me they need to progress their players you know like Iowa Wisconsin you know they, they don't have the five four-star guys but they progress them extremely well yeah, and I think it's it's preparing for the game as well. You look back at the last three years, Ohio State has completely obliterated you, and it's like you're not going to change anything up. Obviously, it's two different coaches. Ryan Day's a little different, but it's the same Urban Meyer style of coaching that Ryan Day has kind of revolved around that has been placed into this team. Yeah, it's a little different. Ryan Day's a little bit more of an offensive-minded coach than Urban Meyer was, but... It's like you look at it, and how are we still getting blown out? Michigan did hang with them for a little bit, but they just didn't take care of chances down the stretch. It kind of looked like um, when you know Nebraska would get in the red zone a couple of times, and they just couldn't take care of it. Michigan would do it. I mean, Ohio State fumbled it like two or three times there, and Michigan didn't do anything with it. So it's basically just like preparing for the game, I think, just doesn't raise a level. I mean, this is a Michigan-Ohio State game. It should you should be at the at the pinnacle of whatever you're doing, and it just seems like they're not there yet. Um, I think it eats at Jim Harbaugh. But at the same time, I agree with Caleb. I think Michigan fans are starting to get antsy. Um, if you can't beat Ohio State, you're not going to be a coach at Michigan for much longer. I mean, that's Michigan's number one goal every year, besides winning a national championship. Number two comes Ohio State, and sometimes when the year isn't as going as good as they think it is. It's let's beat Ohio State, and they even ha- haven't had a good game remotely in the last few years either. Yeah, I'm not surprised that they lost, but just getting blown out, I think, is the thing. You guys said it, but I really think that Michigan, they're always that – they always do pretty decent. I mean, they're above a 500 team, but 
they the fans want that next step. They really want them to make it to the college football playoffs. I mean, they want to beat Ohio State, and I think in order for Harbaugh to keep his job, he has to raise it to that next level. I mean, you look at it from a Huskers' point of view. If we went nine and three in a season, we'd be ecstatic. I mean, but it's just it's not the way it is. So. Michigan needs to raise it to the next level. I think I agree with Caleb Harbaugh. Next season will be – he will definitely be in the hot seat. If he can't beat Ohio State next season, I think he's going to be finding his way to the door. Yeah, I, I agree as well. It's going to really come down to next year. but And Michigan never has really won that big game with Harbaugh yet. I mean, they've won a few. Um, they've played very good in a few as well. Um, uh, I thought, I thought the beating of Notre Dame this year really kind of turned that program around, especially losing to Penn state the way that they did having a touchdown basically, uh, by a missed drop. I mean, if you would have caught the ball touchdown, obviously. Um, but I, I think, I mean, it really just comes down to if you can get the job done or not. Jim Harbaugh hasn't been able to get that job done. And twice now, the two years before this, they had a chance to go to the college football playoff. All they had to do was beat Ohio state. And they didn't, and so obviously you don't make it to the college football playoff. So I think Jim Harbaugh's days in Ann Arbor are growing short unless he can turn it around. And I like the way Caleb said, I mean, he's got all the guys. It's just, and I feel like he motivates them pretty well. They always go out there and put on a good performance, but it's motivating motivating them for the right games. I think uh, he just doesn't step up to the plate as, as good as he should. Yeah, and I'm sure they were motivated for this game. Because right now the coaching difference is for some reason off. Yeah, the coaching uh, coaching's a little little off there once again. But uh, so far this hour, talked a little Husker football as uh, as well. But uh, kind of going through everything that went on in the uh, in the college football range as well. Um, we'll dive into the college football playoff rankings a little bit more. I know Dustin's kind of been waiting for us to talk about that, but we're gonna put it off uh, for a little bit more. Uh, the college football playing. Playoff rankings just came out. Ohio State 1, LSU 2, uh, Clemson 3, Georgia 4, and then sitting right on the bubble there um, is Baylor, uh, Oklahoma, and Utah as well. So uh, we obviously know one of the teams in the college football playoff will not be there uh, come time, so it'll be interesting to see. We'll get all those takes on it, talk about uh, if Georgia loses, maybe even if LSU loses, uh, could they still make the college football playoff as well? Um, or if Georgia loses, who's going to get the number four spot? Is it going to be Oklahoma if they win, or is it going to be Utah uh, if they win? But we're going to take a 